Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Content Creator's Guide. This is a place where we expand our knowledge on what it takes to be successful in an ever-expanding world of content creation. Join me as I sit down with individuals sharing their success stories and tips that help them get over the hurdles they faced on their journey to creation success. All right, let's create. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Content Creators Guide. I will be your host, Patrick Conway, also known in other circles as Jaxus. Today, we are talking to the co-creator of Two Girls, One Ship, and co-host of the uber-popular cyberpunk Lorecast. And between the two, they are approaching well over 300,000 downloads. That is a lot. A lot! Anyway, please give a warm welcome to the ever-sensual Genesis. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing really good today. It's That's been an great. awesome day. I am so glad to have you on today. Um, I don't beat around the bush much. I kind of get right into the show. So I'm going to ask you your first question right off the bat. And that is, what inspired you to get into content creation in the first place? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a short story on like how I got into it. Uh, it was the pandemic. I was in quarantine. I was gaming a lot. And I was also watching a lot of Twitch streams. And so I was like, ooh, I could do that too. It looks like fun. So I figured out how to run a capture card mirror box from my TV to my laptop. And my bed is one of those really cool ones where you can like push the button and it'll sit up. So I would be sitting up in bed, streaming from my TV and my laptop together, uh, primarily games on the Nintendo Switch. So my first uh, handle for streaming was switch in bed. So that way. Oh. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. She is a gamer from bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every guy's dream, a female gamer, and she's already in bed. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I went there. Anyway. <clears throat> And that's what I'm all about. I am all about going there. I am the commander of the SS Innuendo. <laughs> I like it. That's a nice ship to be on. <laughs> mm -hmm. One of the first games that I streamed was Mass Effect. Uh, and I hadn't played it because back in 2007 when Mass Effect came out, I was playing the Witcher games. So my husband oh, ended wow. up playing Mass Effect. I played Witcher. So 
I streamed my first ever playthrough on it and got so hooked. And that kind of, it, it was Mass Effect that started uh, the ideas percolating for the Two Girls, One Ship podcast. Of course, with all the different, you know, relationship elements in that game, how could you not have that go through your mind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so uh, Mass Effect, now, uh, prior to that, what kind of games were you playing before Mass Effect? So besides, you said The Witcher. So, mm-hmm. I mean, were you, I, have you been a gamer your whole life? I have been. Uh, my mom bought us the old school Super Nintendo, and my sister and I would play that every day after school. Then we got our Sega Genesis and our PlayStation and PlayStation 2. I mean, I've had a controller in my hand as long as I can remember. That is awesome. From uh, the point of view of a guy who grew up in an era where there wasn't very many female gamers, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) I And I, too, I didn't know that there were so many gamer girls out there. And it wasn't until joining a lot of the communities that I'm in now that I realized, wow, there are not only a lot more women here than I thought, but there are a lot more women who game like me. I'm I'm totally the bro when it comes to gaming. Mm-hmm. I am a power gamer. I am a min-maxer. I am a, I, sometimes I am a rush through the storyline so that way I can hit endgame because I want to <laughs> know that I can beat the game. It's not always about the lore, man. Sometimes it's about the ching you won. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was a lot of the ways through one of my early gaming, you know, playing Counter-Strike and things like that. I was about putting you down and being the guy on top teabagging you. You know, oh yeah, that's just how it was. You know, and uh, especially during that era, because for me it was a lot of first-person shooters. There wasn't a whole lot of storyline going on until you, you know things like Diablo and games like that. Blizzard really pushed the whole story thing to start with, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. You know, with uh, Diablo and Starcraft and games like that, they had uh, kind of a, a longer, deeper story arc. And then from then on, it just like that, that genre kind of took off. And to me, that's what really brought out the real creativity in the game industry. Um, mm-hmm. So getting started in the industry of content creation, what was some of the hardest things you had to deal with to begin with? Like your hurdles, the things that got in your way right at the beginning. And how did yeah. you get around those? So I would have to say like in the beginning as switch in bed, I didn't have very many hurdles. I had my niche. I was, you know, flirtatious streamer who would have fun playing a variety of different video games. Uh, The biggest hurdles that I started to hit was once I I found my partner in the Two Girls, One Ship podcast. And I guess I can take a step back from there and kind of explain who the girls are and what our show is about. That would, that would be it, good because some people may not have an idea. They know, mm-hmm. they, they think cyberpunk, they got a good idea. Okay, we know what that is. But what's this Two Girls, One Ship and what's it all about? Yeah, so Two Girls, One Ship is a podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And so with a nice clean-ish title like that, you go, okay, so it's a, it's a podcast about video game romances. But we really dive into character analysis and then talking about the romance of, as a whole. And we don't, ex- we don't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. We say <laughs> that in every episode because it's true. We talk about 
all the different aspects of relationships that you can have in video games. Mm -hmm. Some of them are chased. Some of them are like, like Fallout 4. You don't ever really get a romance scene with them. You get the little perk when you wake up to next to them in bed, but there's no actual like hot and steamy scene like you would get in cyberpunk. No, it's more like The Sims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Sims has a little bit, has more graphics than uh, than Fallout 4 did. <laughs> yeah, even then, yeah, because it's just like the bed bouncing and then. Mm hmm so, all right. So you didn't have too many hurdles in that, in the beginning of going into that, but what about with the podcast itself? So with the podcast itself, we definitely have hit a lot of roadblocks because of our content. Now there's a key distinguishing factor of being labeled an adult content creator. You hear the words adult content creator, and you automatically assume I'm doing like some kind of pornography or, you know, I'm selling feet pics online. And it's like, nope, that's not what we do at all. I like to say that I create content for adults because yes, we swear. Yes, we openly and freely talk about sex and we talk the emotional connection between two video game characters, but we're not actually showing anything. And we're not doing anything with our personal selves. But unfortunately, the internet is not that nuanced. And neither are a lot of the marketing or social media sites. So the biggest hurdle is that if you were to try and look up Two Girls, One Ship on Patreon, you can't find us. We are, yeah, even though we have a Patreon and it's active and there are people who have signed up, you have to actually type out the full web address in order to get to us because hmm. we can't be searched. Um, sometimes our posts will get taken down on Twitter or Instagram for breaking nudity rules or breaking explicit content laws, uh, even though they are artwork. They are literally, you know, things that people have painted or have uh like photoshopped together in order to be like these are this is how i wish i could see my characters but most of the characters in video games are human and so right. it looks like it's pornography huh yeah i uh, actually recently a buddy of mine's a tattoo artist and he had what was it uh louis royo and boris Balejo. They're both, um, oh, uh -huh. they're very, very good artists. My buddy did a tattoo of, uh, she's kind of like, she's standing with her hand like this and she's got long flowing blonde hair, but she's wearing like a armor helmet and she's barely wearing any clothing. And then there's a bunch of like undeads behind her with swords holding them like this behind mm -hmm. her on this. And he did that as a tattoo on somebody. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Who is that? And he said, he, he turned me on to the artwork and it's, uh, yeah, this Louis Royo. And it's really brilliant artwork, but it is the female form and it is in, you know, partial nudity. You know, I mean, you can see breasts and nipples and things like that. And it's just beautiful artwork. And I, I, I think Twitch has got to kind of learn an equal medium there somewhere, you know? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of brilliant artwork out there. I mean, are they going to make it where you can't see the, the roof of the Sistine Chapel? 
<laughs> right? I mean, you look at the roof of the Sistine Chapel. There's a lot of titties up there, guys. I'm just saying. Have you ever seen the statue of David? Right. That's out there on full display. Yeah. He's hanging two BBs in a Tic Tac, but yeah. <laughs> it's all on him, right? <laughs> Get that? It's all on him? Anyway. Nice. All right. I can't help myself. Anyway, um, so as far as your show goes, to get more on the technical side of the show stuff, um, what kind of microphones and uh, uh, do you like to use for your sound quality and things? I mean, do you find that important in your show? I definitely. Uh, okay. Yeah. So some My... people do like they're like ah, I don't really care. Da, da, da. I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> I care. <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. sound clear and crisp all the time, you know. So my first microphone that I used, I was like, eh, it's good enough for gaming. It'll be good enough for podcasting. And boy, was I wrong. Uh-huh. Our first couple of episodes uh, are not very good quality. But there's something. If we went back and re-recorded it, we would lose the spark. That is the first time that Vervada and I got to chat together. Uh, and so there are a lot of special moments in there that we can't go back and re-record. And Vervada is your co-host, correct? Mm-hmm. She's my co-host on Two Girls, yeah. Uh, but now I'm using the Yeti Blue. Uh, I picked a microphone that was right in the middle. I, you know, something within my price range. And I think that's also a big key factor of when you get started. Stay within your price range. Getting the five hundred dollar microphone is going to make you sound really good, but if you're not bringing in any income yet, mm, you kind of shooting yourself in the foot, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I started with a snowball, so that was yeah. like sixty bucks. Looked like a big old mm-hmm. softball. Yep. And then, then I waited a little while, and uh, I actually got a Sure Mic, but it's the um, SM7B, so it's a USB and the XLR port together and uh, it's a lot cheaper than the 7b one that like robots uses that's like f- the 500 dollars thing and this is like 200 bucks so mm-hmm. yeah, big difference really big yeah. difference but as far as the quality goes man i don't think there really is much of it i don't hear it like when i listen to robots and some of the other guys i think my sound quality is on par with theirs i just waiting to get the right camera camera i definitely upgraded also i upgraded to a logitech rather than the built-in one on the laptop and for editing and stuff like that i'm a basic ass bitch and stuck with audacity (laughs) you know yeah it works for me well see so i use audacity for um like well I, i i still use audacity for a lot of sound but i've found that i've been using davinci resolve because i do video also I post mm. all this stuff on YouTube. So I post mm-hmm. this on YouTube along with the podcast. So I will do a recording like this on Zoom. And then I'll go ahead and I will edit through DaVinci Resolve. And then any fine tuning I got to do with sound quality, I'll do through Audacity. So yeah, that, that's worked out really well for me. I haven't dipped that much into the video editing, even though I have videos of every single episode we've ever done on both shows. Um It's just something that I find very time consuming. We live stream both shows, each show Uh recording for two girls and for cyberpunk, but going back and posting them up on YouTube later, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. It's not, it's not for me. So you live stream both of your shows Mm -hmm. 
and so now obviously they can go back and listen to the shows on like spotify or whatever right mm-hmm. okay so they have that access so when you're live streaming you're doing that on youtube or on twitch on twitch on twitch okay and so they can just go to your channel on what like certain days and stuff like that and they'll know that you'll be there at you know what blah 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 the time of course we'll probably mm-hmm. cover that at the end as well um and then they can just sit there along and watch the oh, oh okay i never thought of really doing it that way just because i didn't know if anybody would show up <laughs> be like before people sitting there going oh this show's on you know i don't know I yeah i love way. doing I love doing the live stream recording of the shows because, mm-hmm. you know, especially on on the girls, we are scripted. We type out every word for word what we're going to say. And then, of course, tangents happen based off of that. Um, but sometimes there's not information that we get wrong, but sometimes there's details that we miss or the chat has a major reaction to one of the topics that we bring up like um miranda from mass effect was a big one that caused a lot of like thought-provoking ideas she is one of those characters who is what people would say are built for the man eye candy she's got the perfect butt she's got a great boobs she's got the hourglass figure and she's made to be genetically perfect now you hear about a character like that and you're instantly like, oh, it's that girl. She's the she's the hot girl that they just throw into video games. Then we take a look at her and we actually think about everything that's going on in her life before that. Her She's father, yeah, her yeah. father genetically manipulated her. She has been told her whole life, you are the most, you are the prettiest, strongest, smartest one in this room. So you better live up to those expectations. And then us as the player walks in and goes, oh, you're Miss Perfect. I'm not going to like you because you're perfect. And so yet again, we're following, falling into the exact same feeling that Miranda has felt every day for her life. And that's what gave her that chip on her shoulder that she shows in the beginning of the games. Because you mm-hmm. see that from her character from the get-go. She's she's got a chip on her shoulder. And then oh, yeah. you know, and that chip gets softened over time with Shepard. I, you know, I I'm I actually played, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, anybody who hasn't, I, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I enjoyed that game a lot. Um, it was one of my favorite games when it came out. And you, so you said you use Audacity for your editing and stuff like that for your software. Is there mm-hmm. anything that you think listeners would really like to know about your show that they haven't, that I, I haven't really touched on that I might miss if I don't ask the question? Something that would really bring light to like what it is. You, Cause you're obviously, you, you do a deep dive on the characters. We'll elaborate a little bit as to what that means that you're, what you're doing there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you say you're doing a deep dive on the character in what way exactly like just on their emotional state or kind of everything uh the most recent character that we recorded uh just a few days ago uh was Fenris from Dragon Age 2 and so we go through kind of the lore of everything specifically about the character where he was born things that happened as he was growing up uh, every the, the different types of scenes that we see him in the game 
why he is angry, um, you know, and it was specifically with Fenris, um, the, you know, the story behind the markings on his body, things like that. Uh, for Fallout, we took uh, each character and talked about, you know, where, like, how did they get to where they are? Um, what kind of quest lines you go on with the survivor? Uh, what aspects of it change whether or not you decide to be in a relationship with them or not, um, and then where their storyline goes throughout the game. So for each one, we really talk about everything that happens in-game and out-of-game. So if there's external media, comic books, um, art books, any uh, other types of novels, we pull all that information together for each character, which is why we have split up our our we've split up our shows into different games mm -hmm. so when we talk about mass effect we only talked about when we talk about caden caden alenko from the mass effect series is in three games if we tried to talk about caden that would be like a two and a half three hour long episode so we broke it up and we only talked about mass effect one caden and then on the on our and then later on in the year, we talked about how he shows up in Mass Effect 2. So we condense it down to just the one character in the one game. That's an incredible deep dive. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, because you could do the show all in one shot and it may not take two hours if you don't dig as deep, but obviously you knew you were going to. So you made sure to separate those things up. That's a good thing to think about is like when you're doing a show. You know, how far in do you really want to go? And, you know, if you are going in far, you might want to consider doing it in sections like uh, Genesis has done with her show. That's something mm -hmm. to really consider. Okay, folks, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to take our mid break here. I'm going to say thank you to all of our listeners for listening to the show. And thank you to all my Patreon listeners for your support. If you have not yet and would like to, please follow, like, subscribe, and be sure to write me a review for the show so that I can be noticed on the internet and I'm not lonely forever. Tears. Anyway, um, also send me an email on your comments and questions at ccreatorsguide at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at ccreatorsguide. I'll be right back after this message and a short clip from today's talent. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm your host, Maverick Stone. It's me, Gingerino42. I'm Romer. Hey, this is Sassy Lady. And I'm Jaxus. And we 
We are the Fallout Roundtable. Join us as we explore various topics from the Fallout universe brought from multiple perspectives. We can be found on your favorite podcatchers from Spotify to iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at FalloutRTB or our email FalloutRTB at gmail.com. Be sure to rate, follow, and subscribe. Thank you. Welcome back, folks. Hope you enjoyed the message there. And uh, can you go ahead and set us up with today's clip and let everybody know what we're going to be listening to here? Yeah. So I decided to give you an exclusive. Um, this is the first, I think, minute and a half of our panel that we did. So the two girls, one ship was invited to the Portland Retro Gaming Con uh, back in October. And we got to do like a full 45 minute uh, panel and discussion about video game romances throughout the decades. So we went back to like the early 80s manga that became the visual novels. And then like how the 90s changed the game, how the early 2000s built the ESRB ratings. Uh, and then of course, to the epic Bioware level romances that we have in the late 2000s. And so we got to sit down and just gush and talk all about romance. Hmm. So this is the intro. And so it, it introduces who Genesis and Vervada are and what our panel is going to be about and a little bit about the show. Awesome. All right. Let's go ahead and watch the clip or listen to the clip. I keep saying watch. <laughs> it's just how I am, I guess. Anyway, here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Two Girls, One Ships podcast first convention panel, Decades of Digital Love. Today, we will be talking about the steamy, but often obscene, history of video game romances. But normally, our podcast, we analyze, rate, and review a specific character from a single game and all that their unique love and romance has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And I'm Barbada, the girl who loves that and loves tits, tats, turians, and tangents. <laughs> so first, for our presentation, we thought we'd take you through the decades to discuss the general tone of the video game romances in that era, specific games, and major events for video game romance. It's by no means an exhaustive list, because we would be here all day otherwise. And after we get through to present day, we're going to talk about some of the science around video game romance, like how it impacts players, how culture can impact what video game romances are offered, etc. And then lastly, we're going to just briefly talk about where we hope video game romance will go in the future. Mm -hmm. But big disclaimer, we swear. <laughs> we talk about adult themes and openly talk about sex. So if that's not for you, we're not for you. <laughs> Oh, and also video games. So if you haven't played the games that we're talking about tonight, sorry, but here's your fucking spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, advisory, advisory. Yeah, this is not for your kids. That was actually very, very, very entertaining. I, I, I like the comment at the end there. That was really cool. <laughs> So that's a little bit of an inside joke now on the show. Uh, I reached out to N7 Legend from the Mass Effect Lorecast uh, before we started recording Two Girls, One Ship. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Sam, I need something from you. 
I know that you have wanted to tell some of the people out there who have complained that you don't give spoiler alerts on your Lorecast show. <laughs> so will you send me a little audio clip of here's your fucking spoiler alert? And he, within minutes, sent it back to me. And so that has been in every episode of The Girls. So That's Sam's funny. been with us since day one. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And he's cool. I, I love listening to those guys on the Lorecast. I follow all of the Lorecasts in the in the network as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, I mean, obviously I can't listen to every episode, but I do try to catch as much as I can from everybody. If no guys don't know, uh, the Robots Radio Network is something we're all part of. And it's also mm -hmm. something that can help any new content creator out there. If you go to robotsradio.net and you look on there, there's, you know, uh, he's got a class called the Robots Radio Network where he teaches and trains and shows new content creators how to take what they're doing and to build on it and make it stronger and better. And it's, I can't even say how much of a benefit it is to be part of the Robots Radio Network. I mean, I, without the network, I would not be sitting here right now and having this conversation, to be honest. And oh, yeah. That, Tom's a great mentor, and there's a lot of other great mentors within the network itself. You know, Lawrence and, you know, Brad and all those guys, they're the wealth of knowledge that is immeasurable. So if you guys have an interest in, you know, doing any kind of podcasting or anything like that, it actually doesn't matter if it's podcasting or not. It could be podcasting, YouTube videos, Twitch, whatever. Um, Tom has the ability to really teach you how to get yourself out there and be noticed. Mm -hmm. he's got he's got the background in the marketing department and all that kind of stuff and he's brilliant in that way so yeah check out robotsradio.net if you're interested in those kinds of things and uh yeah enough of the soapbox for the robots radio network ching anyway uh, <laughs> uh so what went through your head when you came up with the name for your show oh geez okay so for starters when i did it i wasn't when I created my list, I didn't know exactly what my show was going to be about because I thought that it would just be me talking Mass Effect romances because those were the ones that I was most comfortable, most familiar with, and based off of that because I started listening to the Mass Effect lore cast and fell in love with all of the lore behind the game and I just really wanted to talk about the romance aspect of it. Uh, so when I started making my list of ideas, I only had Mass Effect in mind. Um, so some of them are a little bit weird and out there. Um, but I'll go, th I'll actually just go through a couple of my favorite ones. Uh, love, lust, and lore was another idea because mm -hmm. I was like, there's loving relationships, lusty relationships. And I do want to talk about the lore of the game. Um, naughty bits or naughty bites <laughs> because you know like video game uh, pixels and bites hmm, that works um will our love survive the end of this game i thought that, that was just an interesting question it, it's a wordy one but it does kind of lead you into where you're going i get that yeah and that's one of the things that that, that uh tom will teach is how to utilize your title to mm -hmm. be descriptive to say exactly what you're about yeah you know? and that's and and 
makes perfect sense. Sometimes it's not about how cool the name sounds. And sometimes it's just plain Jane content yep. creators. Good. It sounds very <laughs> exciting, but it gets to the point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cyberpunk Lorecast. Yeah. We all know what that's about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, that uh, is really interesting so far. Yeah. Beauty huh. is in the eye of the controller. And that is something you guys also say a lot. I have heard that on your commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we, so we started, we picked that one to kind of be our tagline, our motto of the show, uh, just because it is, it's like, you are the one it with the controller cool. in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounded, sounded cool. cool. <laughs> uh, but then I reached out to Vervada over discord and it just, it works so much better as a duo and then our name started to sh- to slip over to like the two of us being together, um, things like that. And so that's when uh, two girls, one ship came up and we went with that one because it is the two of us girls and we're talking about one relationship. Right. That is where the ship part comes from. So it doesn't have anything to do with Normandy. <laughs> and so your cyberpunk lore cast, um, what got you into that? Oh, that is all toasty. Uh, so Thana toasted my partner on there, my co-host. Uh, he had been I love, a long I love time. watching the Witcher lore cast, so I'm mm-hmm. familiar with toasty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so toasty hosts the Witcher lore cast, another CDPR game with uh, Tom um, of the network. And Tom had been running the cyberpunk lore cast with Captain Logan of the Sea of Thieves podcast for uh, a couple of years. They were already three years into it, but then Cyberpunk kind of died off. Uh, They hadn't announced any of the DLCs. They hadn't announced Edge Runners yet. They hadn't really done a lot with it. But then Edge Runners came out and it picked up really fast. And Steam was showing that over a million people a day were playing Cyberpunk again. And so Tom was like, I can't take cyberpunk back on because his lord of the rings lore cast has blown up yeah it's kind of overshadowed even the fallout lore cast which was his baby you know mm-hmm. and it's just it's an incredible show i mean it, it it's really it's really draws you in it's really thought-provoking and he's always got great insights and tom's just a great um, conversationalist so when he's right. in there having those conversations and, and to me even though he's talking to himself essentially he's having a conversation with everybody that's there and he can mm-hmm. have those conversations and make you feel like you're having that one-on-one with him while he's explaining the things that he's uh, explaining as far as the lore and things of that nature so it it's really really good show and you, if you like lord of the rings definitely should check that out um mm-hmm. okay that's interesting though. I, I, you know, I didn't even, cause I haven't listened to a lot of the cyberpunk game cause I haven't played that one yet. Uh, uh. It, it was, it was broken for me. You know, uh, that's what I got, you know, it's broken. It's broken. Well, it was broken for me because my computer couldn't run it. <laughs> mm. So I'm like, okay, I gotta wait until my machine's good enough. And then by the time my machine was good enough, I was on the fence still. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to throw 60 bucks at this right now. I'll just let it ride for a while. So I'm I'm still planning on checking the game out, but I have listened to a few episodes of the Lorecast and caught the fact that Toasty was part of that. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So Toasty and I have known each other for about a year now. Um, 
because I too joined on the Witcher Patreon, the uh, Witcher Lorecast Patreon, and we met through there, and we've just instantly bonded. He's totally my beast mode bro now, and I love him. So when Tom said, you know, hey Toasty, do you want to take over the Cyberpunk Lorecast? Um, he was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. And then he's like, I want Jen. I want Jen as my partner in this. And so he reached out, and I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> That's cool, man. It's always good when you can do something like that with somebody you actually legit see as a friend. Because it's mm -hmm. it's so much more comfortable of a dynamic to have that conversations. Um, wow. So what do you think is a question that new content creators fail to ask those who have been in the game for a while? Like they just, they, it doesn't cross their mind and that they probably should ask this question. I don't know if it's something that it needs to be asked to another creator, but something that you need to ask to yourself. And that is, how long do you want your show to go on? So I didn't have that in mind when I thought of the idea of a, rom of a relationship podcast. I was just like, I'm going to cover the events of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and then Andromeda, and I'll be done. So that's like maybe a year's worth of content. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until Vervada was like, no, there's Dragon Age, there's Fallout, there's Cyberpunk, there's, uh, I mean, our list is so long now. We have content scheduled all the way out to 2024. Nice. So I think, and, and you I guys could always branch out of the game genre elements and get into things like anime like you were talking about i mean unless you have already done that i don't know but i mean not so much but then again there are new games released every year dragon right. age mm -hmm. uh dread wolf is scheduled to come out soon and that's obviously going to have romance in it so that's a whole nother season worth of episodes to go through uh the next mass effect game is going to come out and we'll have those romances the and then of elder course scrolls. there are the next elder scrolls and hopefully there is more romance in there uh skyrim has got a couple uh but i don't it's, think i can yeah <laughs> you know and who knows maybe the next fallout game is gonna have enhanced romances in it as well so we've definitely got enough content to last us for a long time and then we branched out from there and started interviewing game developers so going behind the scenes and finding out what it's like to write these characters that we can play as in the romances. Um, and so that has definitely opened up a lot of more avenues to go down. Interesting. And then what about, you know, I'm sure you got plans on checking out Starfield and seeing if it's got anything interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it's the same company. So there's hoping there's still some good story in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So, um, what was my next question? I'm getting lost on my page here. Yes, I pre-write some questions. Don't judge me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, what do you got coming up next? And how can people reach you? Ah, yes. What we have going on right now. So right now we are in our... So we're wrapping up the year. And we have two interviews coming out soon. Uh, I already gave you an exclusive, so I'm not going to give you the names of our upcoming people, <laughs> but they are both uh, game female game developers who have heavily written and influenced romances in some pretty big games. Um, 
And then we've got two Patreon episodes where uh, anybody at a certain tier or higher can come on and join the show and talk about some sexy type of topic uh, related to video games. And then we have Anders from Dragon Age 2 and Sebastian, uh, a DLC character in Dragon Age 2 that not a lot of people know about, uh, who is also a romance option. And then we're going to cover the Uncharted series because that is a really long relationship from a husband and wife over four different games that, uh, but it's just the one relationship. So we're going to go through what long-term love looks like in a video game setting. And so uh, have you had any kind of strange impacts from doing, I mean, you're obviously adultish content. Mm -hmm. Have you had any weird interactions or anything like that, that, you know, might have been uh, a little bit off? <laughs> surprisingly, it's been pretty tame. Mm -hmm. There are the people who have been like, ew, why are you talking about this? Okay, we're not for you. Goodbye. Right. Yeah, no. Uh, so what about like the whole adult content community? Anything from that realm? Yeah, I mean. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm in a couple of adult content creator uh, discords and things like that, because if I'm going to be labeled it, I'm going to lean into it and I'm going to learn from both sides of the field, you know, how to create a good podcast from the robots radio network, um, how to do like the audio and the editing and the, you know, like titling your episodes, things like that. But then I'm also going to learn from the, how have people gotten over these hurdles of being labeled adult content um, or how to get over the things. That, that, that was kind of where I was going is like, cause if you are, labeled in the genre of you know i, I hate to say pornography but uh, adult content you know mm -hmm. these these other genres of adult content may be able to help in regards to getting the word out there in the way that it doesn't really hinder your ability to get noticed yeah and i also want to highlight them because mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not afraid of that i'm not I'm not ashamed of being labeled that. Mm -hmm. And so I want to work with them. I'm actually in contact with uh, somebody who specifically their voice acting skills are all about the breathy moans that she specifically does sex noises only. Mm -hmm. And, but then the dialogue, some of the dialogue that goes along with that. And it's like, I want to highlight you. I'll bring you on to this show. So that way you can talk about what it's like to be a voice actor, you know? Uh, so I do voice acting, just not that kind. <laughs> 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 All right. So, um, my final question for you is what key takeaway would you like the listeners to get from your time here today? Don't be afraid to own your space. I was worried in the beginning that I would be kind of blacklisted or that nobody would really want to listen to somebody talk about sex so openly and freely. Or, you know, it's like, oh no, I don't want my girlfriend to walk in while I'm watching this, uh, you know, Liara scene. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm here to do that. I'm here to talk about it because it's fascinating. It's an aspect of so many different people's lives and it shouldn't be hidden. 
I remember so, when I was a kid, I used to listen to Dr. Ruth Westheimer, you're on KFI. And she was a <laughs> doctor who talked about sexual things. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, I started listening because I was a little kid and I was like, oh, she said the word sex. And then after mm-hmm. listening for a while, I'm like, this is making me think. Actually- you know, yeah. <laughs> it was making my brain Dr. work. Ruth and, is great. Yeah. And I, well, and I was I was young, you know, but at first it was like horny little kid. I want to I want to hear some dirty stuff. It wasn't dirty. It was informative and it made me look at things in a very different way and kind mm-hmm. of matured me uh, quite a bit as a young man. I was like, oh, well, you know, uh, but yeah, Dr. Ruth Westheimer when I was a kid. <laughs> You wouldn't think that it would be something that a kid should be listening to. But in reality, she kind of laid things out in a way that made it where I understood better and I made less mistakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I love the educational part of it. So I went to college for sexual psychology. Uh, That was my part of my plan was to become a therapist. Didn't work out that way. But I'm using a lot of that now in our scripting, in our dialogue, there was one romance scene where, um, very, what I saw as unprovoked aggression, where this warrior man throws his partner up against the wall out of kind of an anger moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, you startled me, you grabbed at my arm. Now you've thrown me up against the wall. And then immediately they start making out and it goes into the scene. And I'm like, I'm going to put my hands up here and I'm going to call a stop on this scene because I don't want it to be violence is hot. So let's go with it. No, we need to have the open conversation that if there was prior consent to I like rough play, then that's okay for it to happen in the video game. But at that point, there was no conversation about it. There was no consent to it. All we see is a strong male character throwing the character was bisexual so you could play as either male or female character on your own side um but throwing his partner up against the wall and immediately leading into sex it was sexual aggression regardless of the you know sex of the person you know right the individual doesn't matter in that regard it's more or less that there was sexual violence happening and that's never really okay you know uh, even it with consent and things of that nature yeah, role playing yeah okay but there's boundaries mm-hmm. and you got to make sure yeah. the boundaries are well defined exactly yeah. and then there's a game that we haven't talked about yet where those outlines are clearly clearly defined and i am so excited to talk about that one because you go into this relationship knowing that this is going to be an aspect if you don't want to be in a dynamic where there is violence where there is aggression then we're going to say no and we're not going to get into a sexual relationship mm-hmm. and i'm like this is done so right and so good that i have to call out the bullshit that has happened in previous games because <laughs> We've learned that it can be done right. So we need to say no to the ways that it was done wrong before. Excellent. Well, that's going to do it. Us, You guys got to hear it here. This is what she's all about. This is what her show is all about. And uh, if you enjoyed what you've heard here, please take the time, listen to her shows, check it out. Cyberpunk Lorecast, if you're interested in cyberpunk lore, but I think it's, we more highlighted on the two girls, one ship here, because we wanted to make sure that people understood that how you can create adult content or is that right? You can create adult content. You're creating content for adults. You're not creating adult content. 
Mm-hmm. That make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks, that's going to do it for with us tonight. And uh, I'm going to get out of here. Keep creating. Bye bye. And always remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.